Hey friends, again, welcome to Safe Retreat. Uh, like I've been doing for the past few weeks now, I want to continue to upload these sermons that I'm preaching. Um, this is in a continuation series that I'll have another uh, two more sermons to present with you about becoming the church, um, reading through Acts. I hope you guys enjoy. Hiding safe retreat. Hiding a safe retreat. Well, uh, afternoon, friends. Uh, we are going to be kind of jumping into what I see as the third part of this uh, sermon series of five. Last week we, we talked about Acts chapter three. And the week prior, we talked about Acts chapter 2. And so I want to go through Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. Um, so if you want to flip there, you can. I'm going to read from the ESV. But in this passage, it talks about the believers and the disciples praying for boldness. I find it interesting because I myself, in this modern context that we live in, uh, kind of laugh at the fact that... Um, the disciples, like the A-team, the, the, the people who started the church weren't already bold, that they didn't already have this courage that I assumed that they did. I assumed growing up, and, and even, even in my times today, that, that the disciples, though I know that their persecution was hard, but that their ministries might have been easy, that that they could have just gone forth and said these crazy words in a time that's different than our own. But as I begin to read into this text, I realize, no, just like myself today, the disciples, the believers needed to pray to become bold. That it wasn't just something you were born with. That it wasn't just something that, that was given to you on your baptism day. So let's, uh, let's get some context first. Uh, because if we just jump in, you might be confused as to why they're praying for boldness. And so, like I said, uh, Pentecost happened. It was the day when 120 Christians uh, were praying in a house and the Holy Spirit filled them. And then they went out and preached this sermon and 3,000 new believers came that day. It was a crazy moment. And then we went into uh, the, the blind, uh, broken beggar um, and how Peter and John, they, they reached out to him um, to come into the temple with us, and, and he was restored, uh, his lameness was restored, and he was a part of the body of Christ. And now, um, before this moment where they pray, you, you find Peter and John have been arrested. They, they've been pulled into captivity by the religious leaders of the time um, because they healed a crippled man, the story that we just read. And they healed him, and they brought him forth in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and the Pharisees of the time weren't having it. So they brought them forth and they scolded them and they talked about this moment and basically didn't have enough evidence to, to crucify them like Jesus or to put them in chains. So they told them to leave but not to speak of the name of Jesus anymore. And so then Peter and John here, they, they come to this home where the believers are and they explain what just happened. Um, and that's where we pick up here at Acts chapter 4 starting at verse 23, so read with me if you would. When they, were, when they were released, they went to where their friends, excuse me, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. 
And when they heard it, they lifted their voice together as God said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly, in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon us with their threats and grant to your, service, your servants to continue to speak your words with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs of wonders are performed throughout the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place at which they were gathered began to shake. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they continued to speak the word of God with all boldness. Now, I, I had to read this verse, this whole passage, like a hundred times this week. Because some of the words seem to flow weird, and, and, and the prayer picks up at 24, but then we have a quote from Psalm right there in the middle at 25, and then they pray for boldness. It wasn't like they opened the prayer with, God, give me boldness. No, but they, they explained where they were at, and, and, they, and they cried out to the Lord. And then I love it because now for a second moment, they... The room shook. The Holy Spirit filled the place. You know, Jesus had been killed, was resurrected. He then ascended into heaven. They had Pentecost. They healed people. And yet they were still being persecuted with all of those wonders. They were still being chased after and arrested and told to stop talking about this Jesus of Nazareth. Yet they realized that to continue to be bold in the midst of this persecution, they couldn't do it alone. They had to rely on Christ Jesus. And they prayed for him. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure if when they were there in that moment, they were crying. Maybe yelling for it. God, I know that this, this place that you want me to go might be scary, but let me be bold. God, I don't want to die. I don't want to die, but let me be bold. I wish I could have been there. It reminds me of a story of a young man who was in eighth grade. And this young man heard an inspiring message from his youth pastor talking about September 23rd. And if those of you who don't know, September 23rd is See You at the Poll. It's an event here that we do in America where, where students from around the country will gather at their flagpoles before school and pray for the believers. We'll pray for the non-believers. We'll pray for the people in their church, the school, and the nation. And so this eighth grader was inspired by his youth pastor's message. And he showed up at the poll, 7 a.m. He made sure his mother knew. She dropped him off early, and he arrived. It was a little cold because he grew up in Tucson. It's not like Phoenix in September. And he waited there for a few minutes, hoping maybe someone would stop by, and no one did. So 
begin to pray. God, let me be bold. Ten minutes pass, still no one. Another ten, still no one. So he pulls out the Bible that he had in his backpack and just flipped to a passage and began to read and prayed one more time. Before you know it, the school bell rang. Eight o'clock came. No one else showed up at the poll. A year later, September 23rd again, this student's now a freshman in really large high school. I mean, his junior high had a few hundred students. Now his high school has a few thousand. And he goes to the poll, and some of the friends from his church that attend the high school were there. So him and four or five others prayed at the poll. Again, 10, 20 minutes, no one else came. People saw, people laughed. Another year gone by, see what the poll comes again. This, this young man's a sophomore, and he gets plugged into this ministry called the Fellowship of Student Athletes. And he invites the entire 60 student collection to see you at the poll. His friends from church arrived, and two others. Still less than 10. As junior year, he was offered the position as the chaplain. If anything, it was a prideful position, but he took it nevertheless, and he really preached about how you need to show up at CU at the poll, that we need to be bold for Christ. And that year, 30 people showed up. Still not the entire FCA, still not even his entire church group who went to that school, but finally his senior year arrives, and he realizes it's not about making it cool, it's not about doing this, that, or the other to get kids there, but it's about showing up to so he shows up 30 minutes earlier, 6.30 in the morning, and he begins to pray alone. Lord, move today. And not just let it be a moment in this time, but let this continue through the year. Let this be an infectious movement, and let us be bold for you. 7 o'clock came, and his friends from, from school, I mean from church, arrived with him. 10 minutes in, another 10. And it seemed like every five minutes after there, 10 more kids would arrive. Eventually, uh, the FCA teacher brought in over a couple dozen donuts. Another few teachers began to see this mass of students around the flagpole. Someone brought their guitar and began to play aloud. And they were praying and singing and worshiping and reading scripture. And eventually the word got out that the local radio station drove to the school to find over 100 students at the flagpole praying and worshiping. Being bold in Christ. And this young man was interviewed and they asked, what did he do to make this such a success? And there was a moment in that young man's mind where he could have taken all the glory. He could have said it was because I did this or I did that. Or it was because of the first moment in eighth grade when I was at the pole alone. But no, he didn't know what to say. He stuttered through this interview and talked about how it's because of Christ and it's not anything that he could do himself. You know, it's silly because that student, that eighth grader who was alone at the pole being laughed at by a few students as they walked into school, had nothing to fear. No punishment, no persecution, no death. The only thing that he had to fear in those moments was the ridicule of his friends and those he went to school. 
Yet for an eighth grade Trevor, all the way to his senior year, he believed that he was being bold like the believers in Acts. And I'm here to tell you, you can do the same. Because yes, we live in an American context where the persecution might be just a mocking on Facebook. But we live in a free country where we have this beautiful temple to worship in every single day if we wanted to. Not having to worry who's going to come through those doors to take us away. Yet how often do we hide in our pews, refusing to be bold because of how we feel or because of what someone might say? How often do we neglect to go just across the border to help those in Mexico because of the horror stories that we've heard? The cartel. How many times do we sit in our homes and open these scriptures and read them and say, wow, good job, disciples. I wish I could be like that. I tell you a story about myself in junior high and high school, not because I was some miraculous, bold, Student, but because it took something so small as just showing up to change. I don't know how many students may have become a Christian because of that, but because I decided to be bold in the littlest thing, standing at a flagpole at 7 in the morning. How many times are we afraid or unsure what the next step might be? Because I know for me, even today, 2019, there are things that I am afraid to do because I don't know the outcome. There are things that I'm afraid to begin to start because there's no security in doing something new. So might we, together, have a prayer of boldness like the disciples? Might we stop the cycle of the Sundays to Wednesdays to the Bible study to the Sundays to the Wednesdays to the Bible study. And might we step out of these nice walls to impact the community that we are in and love them regardless of what might come. Because I can guarantee you, here where we're at in this community, if you step out to go proclaim Christ, you're not going to get arrested. Unless you're on the corner, flagging down cars, trying to cause a big ruckus. <laughs> but how many of us will just go into our cars and drive home and say, that was pretty good. Can't wait to hear what he has next week. So if this is you, if you're feeling convicted here, if you want to be bold, why don't you pray with me? You don't have to say what I'm saying. Say what, what you feel that you need to say to Christ. God, challenge me to be bold, to step forth out of my comfort zone that I might do something so much greater than myself. Convict me when I pass by the person on the corner. When someone walks towards my beautiful temple gates, convict me to greet them with love and not judge them for what they wear. When my own family, when my, my own friends, when my own staff irritate me, give me peace. Let me have grace. God, let us be bold for you to step out and do the things that you would have us do.
Say